Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. And Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with school books and supplies in Cambodia, as well as our philanthropic, philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 folks per year. And today's special guest is Marshall Davis-Jones. Marshall, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on with you, man? Good to be here. I'm doing well. Doing just fine. Awesome, awesome. It's definitely glad to have you, man. So, Marshall Davis-Jones, I like to call him the voice, all right? The voice. <laughs> He's the founder of Mind Body Speak, an author of Tonal Influence, a guide to listen better, speak clearer, and set the tone. Marshall's technique wins negotiation, de-escalates conflicts, and acquires business relationships across multiple industries. Marshall works with renowned speakers, industry leaders, and various organizations from youth development to law enforcement. He sits on multiple advisory boards for tech companies. As an expert on human vocal performance and effective presence, besides writing and speaking globally, he has played a narrative consultant role for two documentaries and contributes to industry strategies via think tanks. He's also had poems flown by NASA into space. Okay. That's impressive, man. <laughs> okay. Marshall, welcome, man. Welcome. My so, man. Let's just dive into things, man. So, I mean, you have a very impressive resume. Your resume is quite impressive. Appreciate um, that, man. Let's dive into understanding who is Marshall, Marshall Davis Jones, right? Give us the two mini version. Yeah, man. Uh, Two-minute version. Well, I'll give you 20 seconds, man. Uh, the fastest way to quiet, I like the idea of solving that puzzle because I find that that's really in the quiet that everything, the, mas the magic happens. And so communication and, and movement and, and living to find the fastest way to silence. So that's me in a nutshell right there mm, okay getting the faster way to silence so what do you mean by that i want you to give us more of a a breakdown so you know the once once we live in a world that kind of uh it loves it loves noise mm-hmm uh, and, you know, for whatever reason, I, I don't even have a reason to, to, you know, or any, I have ideas, but we, we need sound and we need to hear things a lot. And, you know, the, the world is getting noisier, mm -hmm. but it's really, it's quiet first. And so we kind of live in a world that's so noisy that we're trying to find our way back to silence. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, in some places, in some cultures, even the silence is where we begin and then we go. And in a world that does like to talk a lot, does need to talk a lot, where ideas are being shared and globalization is happening, we want to get to a place where we're comfortable with the quiet. 
at least that's in my mind, that's the goal. And so the mm -hmm. fastest way back is really the fastest way to accept silence first. And then, and then from the acceptance of silence, then we can actually communicate. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I mean by that. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T. Dot com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, I definitely like that, man. Do you, do you find that people find silence as uncomfortable? For the most part, into this society, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be like a, a Western culture challenge, uh, we tend to, if someone's not saying something, we will assume things. Like we assume, mm -hmm. oh, maybe there's something wrong. <laughs> the person's not saying something. Um, but in other places, they're just thinking. And uh, they need time to think and they are considering. And so, you know, depending on where you come from and depending on like what environment you grow up in or even if you have like siblings and things like that these kinds of things can affect how comfortable you are with like a quiet moment right if you got like you got seven siblings being quiet like how many do you have do you have siblings yeah i have quite a few so i, I do have you know so we're 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 six and i also have an adopted brother so i would say we are you know yeah we so my siblings we're five and my adopted yeah. brother we're six yeah word so at home like to get to the to get to the pot of gold, mom and dad, right? You had competition, right? Like, oh, how close how close are your siblings in age so, to each other? I'm the eldest, um, in terms of my, my biological siblings, but yeah. um, we're not too far apart, you know. So it's uh, it's myself, my two other sisters, and my younger brothers. All right, now, so it seems like you were the mature one, game, <laughs> right? So how was that for you? Like, as like, did they come to you a lot and like? compete with big brother's attention yeah so for the most part you know my siblings we all have our own um personalities but yeah. my brothers looked up to me for the most for the most part my young, younger brothers now yeah. my brothers we're all six years apart so that's a huge gap right there mm. yeah yeah so yeah, when, okay. when i was in college my, my youngest brother he was still you know living his life and becoming into like a teenager and trying to find his way um yeah. but yeah i definitely know what you mean in terms of the noise and and competition being in, in the household, so so I get it definitely. So let's dive back um to you, man. Like, where, where are you from? You know, what's what's the origin of Marshall? <laughs> uh, origin, man. See, uh, Christ Hospital, Jersey City, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, 
you know, and then from there, moved to New York and then moved to the South and then back to Jersey, went to school in New York while living in Jersey. Uh, moving around, man, a little bit of Southern hospitality, Southern charm and, and, and uh, urban hustle. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, those two kind of work well together. Yeah, that, that's that's the dangerous recipe right there. You know, that's that's the the secret recipe. Urban. So you said southern hospitality with urban hustle. Whew, you got coined that real quick. <laughs> that should be on the shirt or something. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, hold on, hold on. This write it down real quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um. So. So those those words. That's what that's what makes you right in terms of when a person. So when a person hear your name right what are the first for the most part what are the first um things that come to mind when a person hears marshall davis jones man i probably would be um the worst person to answer that question so i figure that most of the time it might be uh first words this guy (laughs) (laughs) um you know you know, I wouldn't be able to say, but I can say what others have said. Okay. You know, it's like someone said, you know, you're easy to talk to and comfortable with opening up and sharing things. And, uh, you know, I find that to be in, in the communications business is an interesting thing. You know, you want to be good at talking, but it's also important for people to feel comfortable to talk to you. Otherwise, you know, you don't really get anywhere. And, uh, and yeah, so I mean, those those things come to mind, and other people might say, ah, you know, poet and speaker, and you know, friend, and all those other cool things. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, mostly this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. So, were you always this this type of person, or this person you are right now? This has been a maturation, been a metamorphosis um, to get to this point. Um, where you're at as an adult, right? Were you always this way as a child or did this take like nurturing and, and development? Hmm. So I guess it depends on what, what you would be referring to in your observation. Yeah. In terms uh, of the, your, your, I guess uh, the cool comic collective, the easy to talk to person you are right now. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and well, I would say yes and no, uh, in the sense that I've always, from very young, I had a fascination with how other people got to where they got and mm-hmm. assuming that anything I saw in front of me was a sum total of those experiences. And I don't know where that came from. I have no clue. I can't even call like, oh, you know, and then but it was just, okay, so somebody did something. They didn't just do that thing, though. There's there had to be a series of steps that got them to making that decision as the best decision. And so that always fascinated me about people. So, you know, no matter what they did, it was like, huh, well, what would be the steps that would lead to that? And so that curiosity, I think, has, I think that curi- that curiosity sort of lends itself to people wanting to share because mm. I might give off something that says, I want to know. But it's it's not like I I go in with that mind. It's just a thing. But as far as um, you know, how I speak, no, you know, I was very 
um, excitable. And, you know, I used to pop lock and, you know, I just, you know, I did all these different things that were all kind of fiery projections of myself. So dancing or rapping and poetry and throwing fireballs um, was coming to a place where, you know, kind of wanted to dance with dance with the conversations with people uh it was like instead of it being all all silence just listening to everything or all fire and just throwing it's like this kind of balance that i continue to seek you know one day one day i'll be good at it you know i'm still uh i'm still working about got you got you and um i know we met via clubhouse about two years ago right give it yeah. to you, you know and and we we connected and i guess like a year or so later we connected, we connected via linkedin you know um and yeah i was captivated by your voice when i first heard you speak you know you had this uh authority about you right you had great cadence you you commit you commanded the room you know clubhouse especially during that time was a crazy environment <laughs> you know i haven't been on it on the app for a long time um but You've been able to utilize your voice not only as a tool, but as ways and means to generate income, right? Mm-hmm. So, talk to us about that about that journey. So, there's been a couple of things that have taken place. Uh, you know, initially when I first started doing any of this voice work, it was for the competitive art of slam poetry. I wanted to have every tool in the the arsenal, and um, but then one day I remember. Um, as far as monetizing the voice, somebody called me and said, hey, we heard your voice on a video that you did. We'd like you to do voiceover. Mm. And that's when I knew that whatever I was doing was working because, you know, I didn't necessarily pursue a voiceover career. I didn't say, hey, I want to do voiceover. Um, but I always thought it was interesting when I've heard people where I said, hey, you should do voiceover because I've listened to their voice, mm-hmm. whether they do it or not. And so that was one of the first things, like signs of land. Like people will buy the quality of my voice. And so, you know, things would come here and there and then it would lead into writing opportunities and then other opportunities because it's like usually, I mean, the way I like to present myself is I'm going to present one thing that I can do based on whatever's being asked but then there's something else you know and so um yeah the monetization of voicing via voiceover is one thing but then it became how do you how do you train other people and that was something that was fascinating to me because i've done you know studying from different voice teachers and different other things and it's like, well, what would make someone want to work on that? And then what would make someone want to buy or pay for that? Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's when it became, oh, wait a minute. Relationships, like I've, I've mediated a lot of uh, relationships between business partners and businesses mm-hmm. when two entities were having a problem. And I recognized that there was something about creating the space for communication to take place but then on top of that like well how and it's like well i'm not always going to be here to mediate 
right? I'm not always going to be here to play referee between people. Mm -hmm. So what is it that I'm doing and how am I doing it? And then how can I train other people to do that? And so that became, you know, the next idea, right? But I did not want to start with just saying, hey, I can go into here and help you. I can help you figure out what's going on here and, and talk about it. I decided to go with dangerous things first. So, you know, going to bars and breaking up fights, putting myself in really precarious situations on purpose because I wanted to test my theories with, in my own world, I'm potentially in danger because, you know, although it, it helped to edify what I was saying and yeah. then working with people who have dangerous jobs. Mm -hmm. right? uh, like okay. people like you know the ATF or you know police or protection agencies people who put their physical body at risk because that's when adrenaline and all sorts mm -hmm. of other things kind of go up so testing those theories in those environments uh, and then it was like you know having conversations at corporate is a lot easier because I'm, I'm not as perturbed by the you know the email didn't go well, you know, that kind of thing. Got you, got you. You know what? I definitely commend you for going into the field and really testing out, like testing out your theory, right? Um, in college, I used to be a, a bouncer. Um, I was much bigger, uh, about three years, right? Um, and I was probably the smallest bouncer on staff, but I broke up a lot of fights, you know? And I so in terms of understanding that dynamic, I've been there, right? I've done it. Um, and you you did it on purpose. <laughs> you went to the club on purpose just to see how you'll be able to utilize your voice to you know de-escalate. Because when a person is intoxicated, you know they are they, they get a bit belligerent at times, especially mm -hmm. depending on um, you know the setting, the state of mind, and to be able to understand the the setting, to be able to communicate effectively. And to be able to get your point across in a way where that person could could uh, consume right information, mm -hmm. it's an art. Mm -hmm. It's an art, and you 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 did it, and you're doing it right now. You know, man. So I'm very curious about your experiences with the with the bouncing. Like, so what have you? I'm sure I'm imagining at this point, there's probably parallels and things that you've done where you've been able to calm things down. What's that been like for you? Yeah, so one thing, so I'm very observant as well, right? So being, I mean, I was a college kid, you know, working working the club in the college town, but I always, always noticed when there were less women <laughs> in the club, the, the men would get a bit more agitated, right, because of competition. So normally um, I started to play around with different tactics. Like I would, instead of me, like I would normally have, the, the friend that's belligerent, um, I have his friend that's not as 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 um you know as uh you know if if, if his friend is, is sober, I'll speak to them in a way where I could calm the situation. If his situation with two women, I'll kind of flirt with them, <laughs> flirt flirt with them and try to calm the you know, calm the the scene and then kind of walk them out of the situation. But different it took different tactics to handle different situations. But at the end of the day, it's all about de-escalation and not not allowing the temperament of those individuals to get the best of me. That's what I that's what I learned. And being an executive right now, it's the same thing, right? You have to be the calm in the storm. 
even in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. But um, when your spouse is screaming, by you screaming back, you're not going to solve any problem, right? You have to take a deep breath, inhale, exhale, <laughs> and then um, after that person is done letting out steam, then speak. So it took me being in these various situations to learn skill sets, right, that I've been able to utilize in my, my life. No, so it's it's powerful, man. <laughs> Yo, I mean, absolutely. You know, the recognizing other people, you know, and who's the who's guiding the ship. There was um you know, I was I had a event or like an invitation to go to Israel for like a it was like a week. And uh the first thing that they did was take us to a farm, like off the plane onto a bus to a farm straight. Mm, okay. We get off the we get off the the bus and they say, "All right, shepherd these sheep, and these goat. They belong in there." And it was three teams, and so um, these everybody's trying to figure out what to do. One team figured it out, or figured something out. And got all of the sheep and goat into their pen. And so the shepherd goes, how'd you do that? And no one, you know, the team that won the situation, they were like, well, we just surrounded all the animals. And then shepherd was like, yeah, very good. He says, um, I don't have a team of people with me. So... How do you think I do it? And of mm. course, everyone is like, "Well, well, yeah, he doesn't have." <laughs> like there was a there was a lot of us. Yeah. So we could surround the animals. He said, um, "The way to move the sheep." He says, "Who do you think the sheep listen to?" Like, well, we don't know. He said, all of the sheep follow the alpha female goat. Mm. And wherever she goes, the rest of them go. And uh, my job is to establish trust from behind and allow her to lead them to where they need to go. And it sounds like that's where you recognize that. Like, here's the friend who's drunk. I need to talk to the sober friend calmly to support. You talk to the other person. And now if you get to one person who's obviously intoxicated, it's just you and them, then you have to make sure that you minimize yourself as a threat because the sensitivities to all stimuli have now changed. And so mm -hmm. like any whiff of a threat, now you have a real problem. And then if you have to subdue them, I mean, you know, as a bouncer, you have the techniques to, you know, physically incapacitate, right? But that idea of anywhere, anyone, everywhere, like there's the leader and then there's the leader. And within organizations is very important. And, and, I, and I use this metaphor very often when there's structural organizational challenges, when there's a lack of trust in an organization most of the time, it'll be because there's the leader who doesn't know who their alpha goat is mm. and they compete 
And so they wind up losing the flock. Mm. And so the, the, uh, you know, being a shepherd is, is such a interesting metaphor to get people along. Now you think of sheep when you think of shepherds, mm -hmm. the goat though is kind of a, uh, goats are not, they're not easy to, they're not as compliant mm -hmm. as sheep can be, but you have to have the trust of that um, individual. And, and that metaphor not only extends to people like group dynamics, but also within people, there is something about them that'll just follow, but then there's an alpha goat in their own mind for them that will lead every other good decision. And you have to find that with them, right? And that only comes, it's like, what's the, what's the wild, the wild thing that wants freedom if you can find that unlock that then you can lead people to other places and, and that's where you know the listening to others and, and figuring it out all of that all comes into play you know for for the groups or the individuals but like you said you want to make sure that you don't um you don't want to give them back something i'm not going to wrestle with you it's like if i don't let's i let's we absolutely have to wrestle yeah. And that's very rare, right? Where it's like there's no other choice. This has to happen for the yeah. most part, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing about your experience and how you handled it. Yeah. That alpha goat analogy is definitely spot on, man. Because as I think about it, it definitely makes sense because it's, you have literally, so it, People tend to follow others and uh, the person mm -hmm. that has, and you, you don't always have to be, that person doesn't always have to be the loudest neither, right? Um, but the person that has that authority, that person that has that, uh, um, that's able to like, command a crowd and have that leadership capacity, they tend to sway. So in, in an organization, how do you, how do you, um, I would say, how do you teach uh, the, like the C-suite folks, how to assess and find the alpha goat within the organization, because I, I know that's that's also an art. So you know, if you if you spend time if you spend time with your people, mm -hmm. most of the time there's always there's always the person that we know. Everyone just listens to them. It's I wish it was rocket science. Like, I wish that it was more complicated than that. But it isn't. If you run your company and you were to take a moment and say, who is it that influences most people because of something about them? And it may not have nothing to do with their actual qualifications for the job. Mm -hmm. It has something to do with when this person speaks, people seem to respond and listen to them. If you were to sit back and, and find and assess that, there's two ways that you can handle that. One, if you're very competitive, then you will eliminate them. Fire them, move them, do something. Um, unless you really, 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 really need them, then you'll butt heads a lot. Um, because, But you don't want to lose the person, but you also don't want to like lose face. So that was actually two things. But the third thing that you can do is collaborate with that person and 
talked to them the same way that you just discussed. Like, hey, I got the the, the drunk drunk person say, "Me talk to their homie, talk to yeah. their friend," um, because you know that that person can get through. If there, if you remove the need to be the um, ultimate word, the final thing, you know, I mean, it's cool if you run a dictatorship. But then the thing about running a dictatorship is that you have to spend a lot of money and a lot of resources on protecting yourself because you know that somebody's coming for you. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants to kick you off that ledge. And you don't want to live your life like that running a business. Like yeah. consistently, like where you're just like, man, I got to look over my shoulder because, you know, somebody wants to just knock me off my high horse. But yeah, you you take the moment, you find these people, and then you see where you can collaborate to get to where you want to go. Because if this person, you know, it doesn't mean that the the individuals aren't always competing with you. or But if they really wanted to do something like run their own company, that's what they'd be doing. Mm-hmm. Right, like they would be running their own company uh, over there. Now, I cannot say for a fact, like for certain, that you won't run into people who are, you know, manipulative and and, and conniving and socially, emotionally intelligent enough to kind of game the situation and do nefarious things. That would be a fool's errand for me to suggest. However. I have found consistently. I don't think I don't think I've come into more of the same problem. I don't care where I've gone. I've done work out the country, in the country, at different socioeconomic levels of business. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's it's like okay, person who's running the company has a vision that they want to do completely ignores the other people who are doing meaningful work and who people will who are contributing to the company growing um, but also have a personality that may be a bit more attractive in certain ways competing with those personalities company falls apart yeah clockwork like all right it's like at your peril do that then you lose good people and uh so yeah the way i would say it is to take an inventory, to sit down deliberately. Like this to me right now, this would be free game. <laughs> if the people business, if you sit down and you take that inventory and you find that person and then you find a way to be collaborative with that person or people, because sometimes it's not just one person, sometimes it's a group of people. Yeah. And when you are able to identify those people and then train the management to do the same at every single mm. level. It's a game changer. Absolutely. It's a game CEO, changer. find your alpha go down in the other areas. Boom. At this level, it's going to doop, 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 doop. Yeah, definitely. The marshal, you know, people need to... <laughs> More companies need to um, bring on boy as a consultant. You know, what, 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 is, what is the type of game you were dropping right now? More company needs to definitely hire you as a consultant, man. And I, and I see why you are on various, uh, you know, advisory um, boards because of this now this level of you know um, impact and 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 knowledge, man. You know, and wisdom, I would say. So you you de- you definitely have a you've definitely done a lot of a lot of work in terms of being able to 
understand human behavior, right? Because it's all about learning about people. This is this is people, right? This is all about understanding people. And when it comes to when it comes to wanting to understand people, and once you once you've grasped that, you could you could do so much, man. Like what you just dropped right now, right? A person could pay you like this. This is worth more than ten k. This is worth more than ten k. You know, so continue doing what you're doing, man, because you're doing great things right now. I can tell. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. All right. So, um, I mean, what drives me? Because I, you have so much going on, man. You know, you you speak. You know, you you know, you're consulting. You 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 write. At this point of your life, what's driving you? So I was a kid, I used to play with Legos to build the toys we couldn't afford. And uh it was like, oh I can I can build I can build it. And there's just more elaborate Lego pieces to build. You know, I have none nothing that nothing that is happening right now is anything that I thought it was gonna be. Mm. Like at any stage, if somebody was said, you know, down the line, five, six, every five year mark, like I can't even say that. Yeah, like I, I aimed for any of this. And so the there's there's a bit of mystery about what's happening where there's like a bit of serendipity of does this work here? I don't know. When poetry started to do the poetry, I remember I was like, okay, does this work here? That was kind of, I think it's the existential question that I'm, at, I'm answering is does this work here? And whatever this is, is to, you know, maybe some sort of universal principle that I'm seeking. Like, does this still work here? Okay, it seems to work here. When does it stop working and why does it stop working or or when is enough enough? And in those kind of questions, you know, it's like I I have no shortage of curiosity about like, huh, huh, okay. This is this is new. I remember the first time Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Is it Jamie Kennedy? Or Jamie Clark, Jamie Lee. I, I, there's a few Jamies that I know. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I think it's Jamie Lee. He's an adventurer, and uh, he crossed a desert, and it was uh, a desert where only three human expeditions have made it across, and he was one of them. Mm. And he said, with the expedition, it was himself, the guide, and a poet. So I'm at this conference listening to them talk. And it was kind of it was a very strange kind of thing to think a poet with you. But when you look throughout history, you look at like Odysseus and the Odyssey, all of these stories. Um, there's a there's a gentleman, um, uh, Robbie Crabtree, who brought forward the three hundred, where Leonidas tells one of the guys like looking mm-hmm. up a gift to tell stories. And there's something about that 
that seems to it's like even at the at the end of life when a, a group of soldiers are about to basically go on a suicide mission like they know they're not coming home they mm -hmm. know it story the influence of words and the traveling of a message it's like that works and so even at the height and the height of the eminence of life and death and so yeah man it's what drives me to to explore the nooks and crannies and the angles man and and, and so that's what i know drives me and then mm. there's something else that i i don't think i fully understand yet and so i just roll with it and see where it takes me yeah man that's that, that was extremely profound even as you're speaking i got goosebumps because i'm thinking morale a person could take the next step even when they're struggling with with just the right wordings right um it brought me back to my my football playing days uh, i played football in high school and i played rugby in college um whenever we were fatigued and that one person, either myself or somebody else, would have would have that speech, right? That fourth quarter speech, despite you being tired, just hearing those words would just bring something out of you, right? Something from, you know, it, it, it gave you that extra, extra breath, a breath of air, that extra wind, you know, just from words, mm. you know, just from words. Words are powerful, man. In the beginning, there was a word, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> oh, there we go, my man. So, yeah, man. Listen, I you, this 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 journey you're on, man. Please keep me um abreast of this journey, man, because I'm curious to see where you're going to go next. Because you you're on you're on the path, you're on the path. You know, at times, you know. You might not be able to see the, the end because that's part of life, right? You go through you know, hurdles and and different, you know, different obstacles on the path, but it makes you makes you you. It deepens your root, you know. So yeah. So um, you know, with that being said, man, um, are you currently working on any new projects at this moment? Any new books that you like to share with us? So, you know, it was funny. So I had a I had a I had a query okay and i was like you know how they iterate apps like you know they just put out the app and then they iterate i was like what if i iterate this book mm, okay so tonal influence the book that i released uh i've added like three I've re-uploaded it because of a couple of things. One of the, one of them was a uh, like a typo. Like I sent it to proofreading, and I was like, "Ah, oh, proofreader proofread it." I read through it, and then I saw a nice typo, and uh, was like, "Huh? Some people have copies of this book with this typo. Probably mm. not good." So I re-uploaded it, but before I re-uploaded it, there were. Uh, there were like two other anecdotes because every single chapter is just a single page. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, what if I just keep iterating this book? Like, so basically what I'm saying is that at any given time that the book is purchased, somebody's going to have more or less uh, information, not because the book isn't full, but because I was like, huh. So I'm looking at my book as, an, uh, as a living document. 
ongoing. Yeah. So, like, there's poems that I've written years ago that as the times change, a line or two will change to make it to make it relevant. You know, like the spine of it might be still the essence might work, but there might be a, a new way that I like. Oh, I could, I could say it like this, and um, there's a lot of flexibility with that as a performer, but not necessarily with a book. You know, it's uh, you yes, know, that's yeah, that's that's definitely different because um. At first, when you mentioned iteration, I, I was thinking about the old school Goosebumps series where you had like alternative ending, but yours a bit different. It's ongoing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, there's ideas that are coming. I'm always researching. Like okay. the from the I I wrote the book so that I could relieve some of the uh it's like luggage in my brain. Mm-hmm. I, putting it putting that somewhere else so that I can then look look somewhere else without having to kind of re-reference in my head other stuff uh and it and there's still like I'm more so fascinated by how this human vehicle interacts with everything so people Mm. is one of thing one thing or one of the things uh but we don't just interact with people we interact with gravity we interact with 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 forces of nature we interact with um with our own physicalities we interact with the changes that come as we age and all of that does lead back to how we communicate because it sends the message of of where we are and where we're going and uh yeah man so uh tonal influence is the name of the book you know you whenever you decide to pick it up you'll get one version or another uh, but it will be an ongoing, I think probably once I make enough changes, I can just do like a second edition version, like, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. so that's the other thing that drives is that there's always more to discover, like, and, and, and maybe one day, maybe one day I'll be good at my job, you know, uh, that's, you know, and when I, when I get there, when I'm like 90. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that, nowadays with all the stem cell research and um, you, you probably be like 100, 100 and change, man. <laughs> no, hey, right. I'm 1,267, you know. There we go. <laughs> right? yeah, you never know. The, the future is bright. Future is That's bright. Right. So as as I'm hearing you speak and, um, and I hear you mention curiosity a few times, I'm thinking, you know, our curiosity could run rampant, but what keeps us um, with the perimeters we have is the questions we ask ourselves, right? Because you mentioned you're a very curious individual. You're always learning. You're always wanting to understand how things originate and things of that nature. But you're also, but you're also able to ask yourself these specific questions to bring you to bring you back to um, I want to reality to but to ground you and get you to reflect on. What are you currently working on? If it's current, if it's working, and 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 why and why you doing the things you're doing, right? So these questions, these what, why, what, what's, how questions, is what's really helped to create, like I said, the parameters. You know, do do you find this is true, or am I? Is this something um, that doesn't apply to you? 
the questions we ask ourselves absolutely matter. You know, questions, questions hijack the entire brain. Single questions, which is why, like, think about it. When someone can give you a barrage of sentences, like they can, and you, you can kind of keep up. And maybe if they're doing it too fast, you might tell them to slow down. But if someone asks you, like compound questions, it's like the brain goes, because questions go viral in the brain. You ask yourself a question, your brain, for someone asks you a question, you know, it's for that fraction of a moment, your whole brain is now on a search and rescue mission for the answer. So the questions we ask ourselves, it's a powerful perspective. Like you find out what question you're asking. Like if you're like, why am I not good enough for et cetera, right? And if that's the existential question that you're asking, you're, you're sending all your troops to bring back the soldier and drag them up to the front to say, here, this is why. And if that's the consist, you know, and then you toss it back into, into the thing and you ask again. Whether you ask yourself, how can I be better at this now? Mm, right questions. <laughs> Everybody's on the clock like, and we found this and we found this and we found mm -hmm. that and we found that. It doesn't mean that everything's going to work. But now there's a much more productive use of your own mental faculties. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's all about asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely right, man. So I know, I mean, um, normally this podcast is like 25 minutes to 30, but I've been really enjoying our conversation. But um, if someone were to inquire about your services or just want to connect with you, um, where can they go? So you can go to mindbodyspeak.com. Uh, M-I-N-D-B-O-D-Y speak.com or tonalinfluence.com both of those domains lead to the same place and uh, yeah there's a what do you call it schedule or book an intro call kind of situation there and uh, yeah answer some questions and we'll find some time got you and right now what type of clients would you like uh, want to work with? What type of people would you like to speak to the ideal person, mm. personality, I would say? So as far as the corporate, so I have three categories of, of clients that I work with. So there's right. the defenders, the the builders. Say that again? Yeah, avatars, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Three avatars, the defenders, the builders, and the futures. Mm -hmm. So the defenders... Uh, all the people that do that, you know, so you have law enforcement, military protection, people who have to put their lives on the line, right? And, and may want to have different communicative strategies, you know, between them and having to use lethal force. Then there's the builders, which is, you know, corporate, corporate environment. So you have your, your C-suite executives, your management teams, you know, people who are responsible for other people or people whose quality of voice has a direct impact on the outcomes of their work. And then the futures, 
is working with kids. So I work with a company called Robin and I train with them uh, as a coach for youth. And so, you know, I also have other opportunities where I speak at like high schools and things like that. So any one of those avatars, I'm available to be of service. All right. And I really thank you um, for breaking that down because sometimes when I have conversation with folks on this podcast, they don't um, articulate who they want to work with, who they're currently working with specifically, right? So thank you for highlighting that. Um, Marshall, listen, thank you for coming on board today's episode, man. Um, this was a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, and to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for letting us your ears and your eyeballs. Last but not least, uh, my friend, how may I serve you? Man, listen, first, uh, it was great having this conversation and it was great to explore and hear, you know, how you noodle and and how these things have shown up for you and how, you know, you bring the work that you do to other people and bring the, the, the mindset and all of that, like looking at how you've done what you've done and what you continue to do. It was uh, cool to see under the hood. So, you know, this these opportunities, they're very enriching because, again, it's always about just seeing, like, how things work, how the dynamics connect, how do other humans find the ways to connect and then build on those connections, man. And so right now, uh, giving me the opportunity to share with your audience and to share with you more than enough. Awesome, man. Listen, I, I really appreciate you. And I'll definitely um keep my ears eyes open for those avatars. Again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone that will benefit. And make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Take care. Be blessed. And cheers. We're out. Mm-hmm.